Cause podcast is an expression of life's learnings. I'll be your host, Michelle Cardocus Harrison, and I invite you to connect with me as we explore a plethora of interesting subjects such as psychology, stoicism, physics, alchemy, health, fitness, and practical tools for the seeking mind, body, and soul. Join me and other special guests on this journey to educate, to inspire, to encourage, and to turn any experience into a noble cause. Alrighty, hello my people. Welcome to the Noble Cause Podcast. I have my beautiful friend Nikki Gillespie here. Um, Nikki is a rolfer, which is a type of body talk, correct? Um, it's a type of structural integration, um, and it was created by Ida Rolf. That's where the name came from. Interesting. And it's been around for um, 40 years, um, at least. And I'm also a somatic coach and do Hakomi, which is body-centered psychotherapy. So they kind of all work together, those three modalities in the office and in the session with somebody, um, looking at patterns, uh, emotional patterns and physical patterns that um, we develop as children um, that are, you know, quote unquote armor that protected us and served a purpose but may be keeping us and limiting us from stepping into something we want to create. So whether that's in relationship to self or relationship with other or job or whatever, we develop these patterns and they they come up in our soma, which is our body. So everything that's ever happened to us is actually in our tissue. And we say the issue is in the tissue. Oh, it's very interesting. So do you know whenever you have a client, do you just kind of intuitively know what you're going to use on them? Is your practice a mixture of all those te- techniques? Uh, it's a mixture of all those techniques. Um, I'm beginning to like be a little more explicit about what it is that I do because it's now more integrated in me and the way it's um, expressing itself in my office. Uh, but there was a, um, you know, it, it, it's been a process getting there. And because most people don't know what any of those things are, because um, none of them are mainstream. Mm-hmm. And the more I've embodied those practices within myself and done my own work within me, now I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm able to articulate it and be more explicit about what it is I'm offering. Because it really is amazing work. It really is helpful. And especially for those people that are feeling stuck or lost or confused, um grief stricken it's helpful during transitions like retirement divorce having babies becoming a parent you know that loss of identity Mm. uh pain pain in the body like any of those things it's really a helpful tool of self-exploration basically we just get really curious about like how you do it instead of your unconscious running things and making decisions you actually get to take over the control board and be like, okay, I may need that armor when I go to a family reunion, so mm-hmm. I'm going to put that on. 
but I don't need that armor when I'm going out on this first date with this person that I really want to create something with. So it's just getting to know yourself and how powerful the language of the body is. That's very cool. I know that I had one session with you once upon a time, um, and it was like nothing I had ever experienced for sure. Um, I didn't expect to just be like bawling the entire time, but I guess that's what I needed to do at that point in time. You probably get that a lot though, it seems like, whenever people are like able to relax enough to just kind of let go. Yeah, and I do a lot of work with the nervous system um, and building resiliency and t helping people tap into their own resiliency. Mm -hmm. And le when I said the issues are in the tissues, that's exactly it. It's like sometimes it comes in the form of anger because people haven't been allowed to be angry, especially women in our old paradigm. And um, a lot of times, and men aren't allowed to cry. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when the nervous system slows down enough and people actually drop into their bodies, you realize that, that it, everything's about movement. Like, it's not about bad stuff not happening to us. It's not about preventing pain or trauma. It's about developing a relationship with those things. And the more we develop a relationship with those things, we can build a foundation of resiliency where we're able to bounce back and we're able to, like, still have hope and um, have movement. So those emotional experiences that are in our bodies can actually move through, and they mm -hmm. usually move through in the form of tears. Sometimes they move through in, in anger, and that could be like just simple things like um, if you put your hands up against mine, and, and sometimes people just need to experience like pushing against something. You know, like this is okay to have a boundary, mm -hmm. and this is okay to push against something. Mm -hmm. And some people don't feel that. They don't feel like they can, you know, expand and fill up who they are. They're mm -hmm. what I like to call their super suit. Like, yeah. you know, we're each given a super suit and can we fill it up? You know, can we fill up our super suit? Can we authentically walk in the world of who we be, who we are as individuals? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that's so, like, powerful, too, because so many times we're either led to believe by society or maybe we haven't learned really how to move through things. We want to go above them or below them, but we really the only way is to go through things, and it's okay to be in that uncomfortable spot, and it's okay to really not have it all figured out, but we're so, like, in society, we just want things done right now. We want the answer right now, and it's just not about that. That's not what, how growth works. You know, it is definitely a process, so that's really interesting. Um, I have a couple questions for you. I have three questions I want to start off with. So, um, will you tell me one thing that you love to do and why? One thing you love about life and one thing you love about yourself? Wow, those are good, big questions. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, what was the first one again? So, one thing that you love to do. One thing I love to do that, unfortunately, I'm unable to do right now it, uh, is I love to run. Mm. I love to run in the mountains. I love to trail run. I just have this, like, when I'm able to run in the mountains. It used to be growing up I was running away from shit because mm. it was part of the avoidance. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my condition tendency was to you know, run away. Mm -hmm. But, um, when I became more conscious and, um, not that I don't, I still have a long ways to go there, but, uh, <laughs> I'm now at a point where I'm not running away from anything. 
or actually towards anything. It's just like more present in the run, in nature, in that relationship to the ground and the mm -hmm. earth on the dirt and feeling her buoyancy and, um, you know, actually like feel like I'm becoming one with the mountain mm -hmm. when I'm running and looking out, I mean, at the beautiful place where we live, you know, and where mm -hmm. we have access to these beautiful places and just, it's just so awe-inspiring and there's a no judgment out there. Very free. It's very free. Hell yeah. It's badass. Yeah. For sure. So what's one thing that you love about life, just about this existence on this planet? Oh human? my God. You know what I love about life? I love, um, I love a lot of the stuff most people try to avoid. <laughs> I love blood and guts and, uh, I love messiness and I love humanness mm. and I love authenticity. I love it when people can be in the glory of their own mess. And I'm a doula as well, so I've got oh, wow. births. Yeah. And, uh, you know, birth is very uh, scary for a lot of people and uncertainty and messy and coming. It's all about coming undone. Mm. And it's actually the best metaphor for life because mm. life will bring on contractions mm. and um you can choose whether you want to surrender to that or resist and the more you resist the more painful the contraction is mm. and uh so yeah i like darkness which is also not very popular in our culture um has to be embraced though you know like i love that too like just rawness you know mm -hmm. like don't show me what you want me to see, you know, mm -hmm. like I want to see all of you. And then that's where it comes from understanding too. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's where compassion comes from. Like it all yes. comes full circle with all of that, but you have to understand, like, I don't care that you're a shitty person. I care like what happened to you or like yeah. why, what's going on with you yeah. so that I can understand you so that I can, you know, just get you a little bit more. But a lot of people don't even know themselves enough to be able to express that. So I could see that being tricky. Well, and our society doesn't support that. Our yeah. society supports yeah. uh, you having it all together. Mm -hmm. And I'm really hoping we're, um, and like your podcast and other things can really start to help that tide kind of I shift mm -hmm. um, where people aren't so afraid to be authentic mm -hmm. and not so afraid to be seen in mm -hmm. their quote-unquote failures because I don't believe it's failure mm -hmm. I believe it's just like life mm -hmm. and it's just like no we don't know how to do something right off the bat like marriage mm -hmm. right. like so you know we're gonna fall down yeah. and we get to pick ourselves back up mm -hmm. and um yeah, I just, like, I really appreciate transparency, mm -hmm. especially on social media. It doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen sometimes where people really speak into an experience that our society would label as failure or messy right. or hanging out your dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. And someone speaks into what they learned from that and the vulnerability in that. Mm -hmm. And it's actually so powerful. And when you can read one of those messages on social media and this person's allowing themselves to be seen in their vulnerability and in their messiness, it gives everyone else permission. Mm -hmm. It gives everyone else, it boosts everyone up. Like, oh, I, I am worthy. There isn't anything wrong with mm -hmm. me. Look, this person like had that experience. I have that, mm -hmm. I'm having that experience too. And I really feel like the importance of that, if we really want to affect, like, the suicide rate is off the charts. Like, if we really want to um, 
not have that. Mm -hmm. It's about love and acceptance Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, love people even when they're effing up. Yeah, for sure. I totally, totally agree with you. And I think that things are changing. I think people are coming out of the woodwork. Like I feel that there is, I mean, me personally, I feel a calling that it's like, show your freaking heart, just show it. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to have everything figured out, Mm -hmm. but having the courage to do that. But I think it also comes like, you have to be in a certain place to be able, you have to kind of come full circle with things. I wanted to tell my story or have my message for my entire life, but it's like, whenever you're in the mix of it, you don't see the end of it. So you're like, how the hell am I going to really like say anything impactful to anybody whenever I'm still figuring this shit out, Mm -hmm. you know? But then there comes a time to where it's like, you're not supposed to have it all figured out. You can just speak from the wisdom that you have gained. But a lot of this, I think that most of this comes from having a very deep rooted sense of self-confidence to where, um, like almost, and that's where the failure comes in too. It's like, whenever you've put yourself out over and over again and you've experienced ridicule and you've experienced judgment and you've experienced all these things, you've lost relationships or relationships have um, evolved in some way. It really gives you that resilience like you're talking about, that grit to where it's like, yes, things are going to change. Yes, people, the people that don't get me aren't going to get me. And that's okay because mm-hmm. first of all, I'm not doing it mm-hmm. to please anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing it because this is my true authentic mm-hmm. self and it means a lot to me. And mm-hmm. People are so scared of just like doing what they're so passionate about and they are scared of the judgment and they are scared of the ridicule. Mm -hmm. But, um, when you come from a place of just like, I'm going to do it anyways, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to like, what matters most is what I think about me, not what other people Mm -hmm. think about me. And it's amazing how that like translates through what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're really paranoid and constantly thinking about other people are trying to please Mm -hmm. them you kind of bring that out, you know, like you attract that and then, and that's what you get. But whenever you come from a very grounded, confident place Mm -hmm. and speaking your truth, then it's amazing. Like the people that you can reach and the things that do kind of come out of the woodwork. And then it encourages other people to have, um, that passion in their life as well. So it's incredible how we can influence each other. And I absolutely love, um, any type of work that is long lasting, that's impactful. And I believe that, um, Things last forever. You know, we have no idea, even with our children or our relationships, how far-reaching it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, is it going to be my grandkids that, Mm -hmm. like, whatever I did now is going to influence them, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's it's fascinating to think about. Mm -hmm. But um, (laughs) that's going to be fun. Okay, so my last question is um, one thing that you love about yourself. Mm. One thing a lot... That I love about myself is um, I really do have a wide um, breadth of acceptance for all people. Mm. Like, um, I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't have judgments, and they're as I get older and I um, and I mature, they're becoming more observations and judgments. Um, but there is a way that I can really chameleon and connect with mm. all walks of life. Like, and I love that. Like, I've done lots of traveling around the world. Um, I've, you know, definitely had my, um, <laughs> uh, like, uh, poor years. 
And, you know, and it all, all of those experiences in my life have built character in like, um, and you know, just people are amazing. Mm -hmm. I just love people. They're interesting, you know, and fascinating. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I find if I do have a judgment towards somebody like, oh, they think like this. And then when I actually, we drop into like conversation, they totally blow my mind. Mm -hmm. And I love having my mind blown like Mm -hmm. that. And someone's surprising (laughs) me and I'm like, oh wow, that is so cool. I would have had no idea had I not taken the time to connect with this person. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I connect pretty easily when I want to. I can also, you know, have my own patterns of shut down and run away and all of that too, Mm -hmm. which those can get triggered. But um, for the most part, I feel like I can I can walk into a room and connect with anybody. Connect with anybody. That's very, like, powerful. Like being a bridge, and um, I can totally relate to that. It's like I experience this a lot in a lot of nonprofit organizations, or um, maybe even like an alternative education, or where you where say you have at risk youth or what have you. And it seems like there's such a disconnect between the people that are trying to help and the people that are needing the help Mm -hmm. and it's like you never understand Mm -hmm. what it's like in that world and Mm -hmm. that you need somebody to bridge that to say I've Mm -hmm. been there but I've been on the other side Mm -hmm. you know and um I can see that in your work like I feel like that's totally in my work too and it's the it's the best Mm -hmm. you know like just to be able to because not I feel like a lot of people don't make it to the other side they kind of stay there Mm -hmm. so it's awesome to be able to have that opportunity uh do you feel like you chose this line of work or that it chose you? Um, I definitely feel like it chose me. I mean, the the opening way back, um, you know, I went to college and majored in forestry wow. <laughs> because I fought fires in the summertime and that's what all my friends were doing. So uh, it was natural to like you know, during the school year to just go with the flow and I didn't know what else I would do because I actually was going to school to run. Um, That's all I really cared about was running. But then when that was over, I was lost and I actually had no idea who I was and didn't care about forestry at all. (laughs) (laughs) And um, realized, like, I needed to find something. And it was a series of events um, just kind of landing in my lap. Like, I I ran into, like, two different people at two different times who didn't even know each other that attended a massage school in Colorado Springs. And same school, and one person I had grown up with, another person uh, was a sister of a friend of mine. And, like, it was within a month's time. And I just listened to that. Mm. I was like, oh. And it just, like, something lit up in me. I was like, wait, that's the next move. And it kind of just has been like that. Mm. It's like something will just happen where it's just like, oh, this is, you know, an arrow. It looks like an arrow. And it's like, oh, no, go this way. Oh, no, go this way. Okay, go this way. And it's just, what I've learned is how to listen. Like, Mm. it's really about, like, dropping in and listening to what's next. And sometimes it doesn't look like how I think it's going to look. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just trust it anyway, and it ends up working out. So, yeah, I do think most work, 
for people is a calling mm. if they're listening. Now, if you're working out of scarcity or you're working out of like, because my parents told me they wanted me to become mm. said thing or my ego says I need to make this much money, then, you know, I don't think that's necessarily listening to the call. Mm-hmm. Not to say that people aren't called to be stockbrokers or something right. like that. Like, that's totally valid, but yeah. Were you worried about money whenever you started on this path, or was it not in the forefront of your mind? Um, I think, you know, just culturally, there's always an element of worrying about money. Um, I think I also grew up pretty simple that I don't have a, I don't need a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I know how to scrap, and I know how to get by, so I really have a good survival instinct. So that was never necessarily a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got divorced from my kid's dad, definitely that was like, oh, you know, that's a little bit of a, how, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And um, it was just motivation to put all my gifts on the table and be like, okay, that's this it. is what it's I got. to go. And like throw it out there shamelessly. Like, yeah. all right. Here's what I got to offer. Who wants yeah. to give me some money for this? <laughs> it's amazing how it comes back, though, whenever you're like, I feel like the universe supports you so much whenever you take that leap. It's you that's, like, second-guessing yourself. Yeah. You know? Um, what, if any, sacrifices did you have to make to be able to do what you do? That's an interesting question. Um... Yeah, I would say looking back, and this is a struggle and maybe a struggle for all moms. You know, I've never been a helicopter mom. Um, It's just never been. I've always, like, there's always been this knowing that my kids are their own beings. Mm -hmm. Even though, of course, I believe children pick their parents. Mm -hmm. But I've never felt, like, ownership over them. Mm -hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've felt like I'm, I'm, my job is to guide them, love them, keep them safe. Um, and they have their own karmic unfolding that they get a walk in this life. And it may look very different than what I have in mind. It's true. Um, and so I've always kind of felt that way. And a lot of my studies have taken me out of the home and you know it's it's the what little pings I have on my heart are the times I'm not I look back and I wasn't with my kids Mm -hmm. you know like you know whether I was off at a workshop for a weekend or you know um you know going to school in Boulder for a month at a time and like it was great the universe really supported that financially and with care of the kids to be with their dad and mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that it was fluid and I also have a little you know ouch mm-hmm. like I missed that basketball game mm-hmm. you know like ow you know and kids tend to like really want to highlight the one you missed not right. the 10 you made right. um, <laughs> yep it's true <laughs> and so I I uh you know, and at the same time, it's very different than the way I grew up. Like, they are, they've gotten way more than I ever did. And so, my gauge is a little different than other people's. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, you know, um, I do believe, like, kids can figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. And they can learn how to adapt. And, like, you know, it's like our whole story of, like, 
the divorce rate is 60% mm. in our culture. And it's like, if you're going to subscribe to the story that they come from a broken home, right. you know, and that's the story we're giving kids, mm-hmm. you know, you're not helping them. Mm-hmm. But if you give them the story of, look at you, look at you adapt, mm-hmm. look at you be resilient. And not to not validate sadness or loss or grief, definitely validate those things because mm-hmm. that's real when a family decides to do it differently. And, you know, let's change our wording. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. like, don't stick that energy on that. Yeah. Well, and being supportive of non traditional families. Like, I would love to see it be okay for married people to take breaks. For um, people to not feel obligated to be married. For people to have children together without having to have, you know, a romantic relationship. Like, all of these things are okay just because they're not in society. And it's it's tricky because I see it with children, too, to where, um, you know, I grew up with a broken home. And Mm -hmm. it was such a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. it was the 80s and -hmm. early 90s. And I was in counseling. And it was Mm -hmm. just such a big freaking deal. Mm -hmm. And now... Not only is it normalized, but then it's like, then we could just kind of lost talking about it too, mm-hmm. you know? And so I feel like it's important to, to, like you said, like honor it, but also, um, be, be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. yes, it's confusing. And of course we need to mm-hmm. feel all, all of our feels all the time for mm-hmm. sure. But, um, there's something about doing something because society is okay with it as opposed to what's really okay with you. And I think the most important thing is that children have happy parents. Mm -hmm. The most important thing. And I'll hear my children say that. They will even um, say, I'm okay with whatever as long as you guys are happy Mm -hmm. or as long as, you know, and they crave that so much more. And I also have to remember in history, Parents weren't even connected with their children like they are now, you know? Mm-hmm. They never even had an actual relationship, mm-hmm. you know? It was like the kids were, get out of here, you know, like, go play. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that we are that much more connected says mm-hmm. something. And then mm-hmm. even caring about the sacrifices that you've made. And as a mother, I think that you can never win, mm-hmm. whether you're at home all the time mm-hmm. or whether you're working all the time or whether you're trying to mm-hmm. wear multiple hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but that ultimately, like you being a healthy mom matters the most, you know, Mm -hmm. and then that's going to have the most impact on on your children for sure. Mm -hmm. And fathers too, you know, I mean, it goes Mm -hmm. both ways, but I think that's important. And I see that changing for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. see like the the kids that we've raised and seeing how they are coming up and that's like, wow, things are, things have changed a lot. Um, so how do you preserve or protect yourself with the type of energy that you're doing? I hear a lot about um, empaths, and I've done some uh, studies on it as well. Uh, but I hear it all the time, and I think it's, like, so fluffy. People almost, they use it as an excuse mm-hmm. to, like, be jagged and hurt and confused all of the time instead mm-hmm. of really taking their power back. So do you have any, like, tips or pointers for people that feel like they might be expose a lot to other energies and how to preserve your own energy and protect yourself yeah I mean I can just share what works for me um what I love about my work is it forces me to uh stay healthy and do my work Mm. (laughs) because if I'm not that's when I'll get hit in my office um 
So, I mean, that involves nutrition and exercise and healthy play in nature. Mm. Um, my spiritual work is huge um, piece of my life, and I probably wouldn't be here without it. And um, so that's a big part of my life. Um, family time. Um, so all of those, you know, good high vibrational things, I try to stay surrounded by high vibrational people. Mm. Um, you know, I, I have healthy boundaries with, um, my clients and, um, other people I work with. And, you know, there's a couple tricks I do. I prepare my room. My room's very, um, I take 30 minutes to prepare my room mm. before the day starts and uh, calling in my helpers and, you know, Teflon over me. Um, so nothing goes on me. Because um, really, in my office, it's not me. Mm. Like, Nikki the has conduit. learned the skills. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so the energy comes through me and through my hands. And sometimes I hear it. Uh, it'll So I hear auditory and sometimes visually and kinesthetically. So those are like the three ways I listen. Kinesthetically is definitely the strongest. So using my hands. Um, and so those are, those are continually to be refined as mm. I go. Um, every once in a while I, I have gotten hit. And, uh, but I have, you know, some great tools to clean myself off. Mm. Um, and I have some great mentors in my life that also I've had to call. And they've helped me um, do that. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely, like, I think it's part of the package that mm -hmm. you're going to be knocked down sometimes. Right. Um, but, but I'm sure that it teaches you deeper levels of yourself, right? To where you can understand more about It's you. taught me how to, like, um, recognize more, like, because I've actually had entities attach themselves to mm. me and, you know... And then not understanding why I feel so exhausted and I feel so low or, you know, I'm dragging ass and I'm like, what's going on, you know? And then I've had, you know, my mentors, like, clue me in, like, yeah, did you check in with this? Mm. And then I'm like, oh. So now I'm beginning to recognize more to, like, take my own physical signals as, like, wait a minute, this isn't mm. a normal day, this isn't... You not know, you. This isn't me. Mm -hmm. And uh, check in with that and clean myself off. But basically clean is like my word. Like, <laughs> like trying to be as clean as possible energetically in yeah. my communications with other people. Trying to be accountable and responsible with my actions and mm -hmm. what I'm bringing to the table or the room. Like, you know, and just be and have healthy boundaries if I know I'm in a funky space. Not to go like project that on mm -hmm. or bring it to Right you know, group. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it seems like the more you put yourself out there, the more you have a responsibility. Oh yeah. Know? So like, yes, I'm here for other people, but that means that I have to first be here Absolutely. for me and everything comes from there, you know? And like we talk about in society, it's like, uh, I, I experienced this whenever I first started to learn how to love myself. It felt very unnatural. It felt bad. It felt like I was being vain or that I, mm -hmm. you know, was, uh, doing something wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think it starts that way. And then you really learn to get to know yourself a little bit better and honor yourself and love yourself. And then, uh, for me, it was like, I became so like proud and protective of myself 
that I was like, I'm not going to let all of this shit weigh me down. Mm-hmm. Like, I love myself enough to set those boundaries to say, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like, I love me. It's, it's like how you take care of your best friend or your children. you got to take care of yourself the exact mm-hmm. same way. Absolutely. You know, because things seep in very easily. And things that are not you, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I see that a lot to where... There's so many things that like externally that we focus on or that influence us. Mm-hmm. And I know for me mentally, like any anxiety or depression is thinking about something outside of me, something outside of my control, you know? And then once I'm able to just like stop and think about me and I ask myself this all the time, I say, but what about you? Mm-hmm. What about you? Mm-hmm. And then I go from there and I say, okay, well, I am mm-hmm. this, this, this. And then I, and, and I pronounce those things that I am. And then all of a sudden I feel better about the world mm-hmm. because I'm reminding where I am and where I stop and where something else begins. Absolutely. That's, you know, that autonomy, I believe is like such an important piece. And that's interesting because that's what I do in my office when I'm working the physical part on the body is like what we call the sleeve. So it's like the way we present to the outside world, like our super suit, what the outside world sees is mm. our sleeve. And we put, our society puts so much into the sleeve mm. and not enough into the core. Mm. So it's the relationship between the core and the sleeve. And the more congruent those two can be with each other, the more ninja yeah. you can be. <laughs> and uh, that's that's really... I don't know, right now, from my perspective, like, my goal is to, like, how how in alignment, how congruent can I get my core and sleeve to be operating together? Mm. So, really, everything's coming from my core. I mean, and if you look at martial artists and real ninjas, Bruce Lee, mm. and, like, <laughs> they they are able to do that because they're all coming from their core, right. not the sleeve. Right. You know, you can see someone that's all pumped up, literally physically pumped up, and they have no core. Yeah. Or they have no agility or speed right, or power. Right. Or, you know, it's like all it's on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's all on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. Well, and and our, our society rewards the sleeve. I mean, look at Instagram and yeah. like, look at me and look at me in my bikini yes. and look at me in my, you know, like we're all about the sleeve. We're yes. all about how things look like on the outside. It's so true. And that's so interesting. So, um, Nikki recently started doing CrossFit with me as well. And there's actually a, a concept in the methodology about CrossFit is that everything comes from the core, meaning that we're from our strongest parts of our bodies out to our weaker extremities. So every time that you are able to, you know, you don't do a clean and jerk just from your puny little hand, your puny little arms, because they will always be inferior to your legs and to your core, you know, and to your hips and to those like stronger muscles. And it's, incredible how that can transfer over into how you deal with your life and how you deal with relationships you know it's like use your strongest thing and uh what comes to mind is like if you have developed compassion like that's a really strong core thing to come off of yeah because everything else comes from that but if you're using maybe a, a weaker mentality, you know, to where you're coming from fear or you're coming from jealousy or any of those like low vibrational uh, attitudes or mindsets, yeah. then it only gets you so far. You're yeah. not lifting the weight of life yeah. with your strongest yeah. character and your strongest values and your strongest virtues. Yeah. You know, and I believe that uh, moving forward, especially how things are changing with religion and with society that our most important core thing that we need to focus on is how we 
um, express our values and how we are reminded of our values because it's kind of gotten lost. And I think it's very important that we have those without the stigma of religion or without anything like that, you know? Um, and that's, it's like, it all ties together. It's fascinating to think of things that way. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, autonomy comes from knowing your own values, Mm -hmm. like what is in alignment with you versus the values that were given to you as a kid may not be in alignment with who you are. Right. And also uh, our tolerance of other people's values. Yes. I mean, some people value um, privacy where other people value living in community. And, you know, and if we can get more, the more we move out of this right, wrong, black or white thing and kind of move into a place of middle of the road tolerance. Mm -hmm. Like I love Rumi's quote. What is it? Um, Uh... There's a field beyond right and wrong, and I'll meet you there. <laughs> you know, and I love yeah. that because it's just like, yeah, like it's we. I don't want to be around a bunch of people that think like me. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and some people haven't been taught certain things either. You know, like I'm very blessed to have been raised by a long lineage of um, four square pastors. So I feel like the values of Um, love and forgiveness and loyalty and um, being able to um, not necessarily like self-sacrifice but being able to um, endure a certain amount of hardship for the greater good Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I see people that um, didn't learn those things growing up Mm -hmm. you know and um, as much as I want to judge them and be like you're a shitty person I have Mm -hmm. to realize well Maybe nobody ever taught them this or showed them this. Absolutely. And so then that's where it comes back to the autonomy to where regardless of how they are or how they grew up, yeah. it's my job because I do have those values. It's my job yes. to show and to Absolutely. lead by example because yes. this whole thing is about example. Absolutely. It's not so many, there's so many opinions out there and everybody's telling you what to do and what to think. But at the end of the day, like you inspire people by your actions and by your examples. And the only way that you're healthy enough to be like that is if you are able to take care of yourself so that you can be that example. You know, it it doesn't come from telling, pointing your finger. I just see so many, so pointing your finger and this, you should be this way and you should be that way. And it's like, that is not how you change the world. And you don't change the world by pushing up against what you don't want. Mm -hmm. You change the world by creating the world that you want Mm -hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. And we need to spend more time creating that world mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. from changing from one to the other, we have to have somewhere to go, mm-hmm. you know? And I find myself, one of the reasons why I even started this podcast or writing my book or everything that I'm doing is that I am creating a space for myself yeah. that will be there for me yeah. whenever I need it, yeah. you know? And then through that, it will be available to other people yeah, as well. Absolutely. You know, we have to continuously progress to where we are creating that space. And that's awesome because, I mean, you doing this podcast and writing the book, I mean, because I really do believe in that is so healing for, I mean, I know it is from my own experience when I read someone's story, when I listen to a podcast, when I watch something on TV, like a documentary or something about someone sharing their gift, Mm -hmm. sharing their story, I am like touched, inspired to share mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and find mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the biggest thing is like realizing you have one and mm-hmm. more than one and and then finding it, refining it and then sharing it. Mm-hmm. That's our contribution. Mm-hmm. And it does. It's like this this just spiral effect, you know, that I feel the same way. And one of the reasons why, like, I am so moved. I listen to 
certain audios, podcasts or whatever, and it just moves me so much. And it's like, that's what it's all about. And then it inspires me to give and then I can, and it's just this like total domino effect, yeah. you know, and like, that's how you change the world. Yeah. It's by yeah. you and your example. Yeah. You know, it's a very powerful, I love it. I think it's, it's like something that should be embraced um, because you never get it by just telling people how to live their life. And I honestly, like, I can't really stand that. Like yeah. it, it's not, and I can't tell you how to live your life either because you're a different, you're a completely yeah. different person than me. You know, like I can listen to you and we can connect, but at the end of the day, like you got to find out what works for you yeah. and it might be totally different than what works for me, yeah. you know, but then that's what's good Why from having so many different people from different walks of yeah. life expressing their true self because mm-hmm. then you can take a little bit from here and take a little bit from there and mm-hmm. that resonates with me and that definitely doesn't resonate with me, you know, so it's cool that we're able to do that for sure. Yeah, and I think that autonomy also brings as I'm uh, growing up and becoming more of an adult <laughs> um, is, uh, is you know, celebrating people, celebrating others, like, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating with them, mm-hmm. not like a celebration means that I'm not enough or I didn't do said thing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I know I get to celebrate you and this podcast and this journey that you walk, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, and every day we, when we, we, whoever we're with in the workplace or, you know, at the gym or wherever it is, we get to celebrate those, you know, other people's successes Mm -hmm. and the energy that that brings when everyone can be in that place of lifting each other up. Yeah. Instead of this like old paradigm of tearing each other down. And it's like, there's such a difference. It totally is. And especially like if you're ever lacking that in your life, you know, and it seems like it's such a, you spiral down, you know, and I found it, I recognized it myself whenever I was searching for validation outside of myself Mm -hmm. and I was never, ever happy and I was never good enough. And I just had to really flip the script in my mindset and say, you know what? I need to be the one to celebrate Mm -hmm. my little things. Even if it's every single day, you know, whether it's like, I went to the gym today or Mm -hmm. I spent like present time with my children Mm -hmm. or just those little tiny things, you know, like if you don't honor yourself and celebrate yourself, nobody's going to do that for you. But the more that you like operate from there, the more you attract that into your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is, it means the world to me to have somebody see me, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, that's one of the reasons why I love CrossFit is just because of like the energy and everybody's Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. for a reason, you know, and it starts off being mental and then it turns very much into heart Mm -hmm. and just having that community. I mean, it's, it's such like a good thing for me and I love being a part of it. It's powerful. It's good. So I have a question that I am dying to ask you. Yeah. Um, what is the most common or interesting body ailment that you have experienced and what is it associated with? Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, It's like so integrated in how looking at the holistic picture of a human, so like to like kind of dissect it a little bit is uh, a little harder to think about. I I think, uh, well, right now I'm obsessed with the pelvis, so um, Mm. that's (laughs) one thing that's coming up right now. But um, explain that to me. Yeah, well, 
I'm, I'm, you know, learning and have learned uh, how to do pelvic floor work, which is uh, the pelvic floor. Obviously, that's intimate because it's really close to the genitalia. And, you know, it's just interesting to me as a doula because I've actually spent a lot of time in my own pelvis and uh, there's so much there. I mean, like, when I started really diving into the pelvis, mm-hmm. like, because, I mean, pelvis is just a part of everything, yet in the last uh, three months I've been really going there. And it's like, when I really started to go there, it, all of a sudden it was like looking into the pelvis was like looking into space. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much is there. So it was like, holy moly, like, there is a <laughs> lot here. And, I mean, you know, it's like most women haven't even looked at their vaginas, you know, and people get married and they've never even touched themselves. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, masturbation has a bad wrath. You know, like, all these, like, taboos around mm. the pelvis, mm. you know. And when I started doing pelvic floor work, it, it like... You know, it's very potent, so it brings up a lot for people. Um, one, to build that um, relationship with someone enough to, to trust and go slow. And um, there's just so much to the pelvis. It's where, you know, some people have had um, a lot of trauma in their pelvis. You know, rape, molestation, um, not good boundaries, not a good... I mean, unfortunately, another lacking thing in our culture is good sexual education Mm. so there's a lot of shame around the pelvis there's a lot of guilt there's a lot of you know there's like abortions and hysterectomies Mm. and traumatic birth experiences Mm. and I mean there's there's just a lot going on in the pelvis and we tend to shut it off Mm. we tend to not live down there at all and if we do it's we just keep it for sex Mm. you know um like it's just kind of this really not integrated part of ourselves and there's so much wisdom there Mm. that's the other thing so like there's all of that that keeps people away from their pelvises and yet that really is the core I mean, in other cultures, they actually call the sacrum the seat of the soul. Mm. Wow. You know, the Latin term for pelvis is basin, you know, and it's just like it holds all our vital organs, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It's the relationship to our legs, to our thorax, our lower body, to our upper body. I mean, it is just like a really mind-blowing part of the anatomy that uh, that is just so unexplored and has such a bad rap in a lot of ways that, and speaking of rap, if we like are you know can build enough uh, relationship and safety and curiosity and trust to unwrap mm-hmm. that there is like that's where a lot of those gifts are. Mm. A lot of those gifts are in the pelvis, you know, and you have just no idea because it's. Like, and that's the darkness I'm talking about. It's like, when a baby, baby's in the darkness before right. it is born. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where, as women, we die every month mm. in our uterus. And you know, we it. bleed mm-hmm. and we shed it. And we also give birth here. Yeah. So it's like, so much going on there. Yeah, it's incredibly fascinating, for sure. Um, do you have any clients that 
struggle with addiction. Um, that's interesting. I, I, I don't know if there's anyone on the planet who doesn't have addiction. Mm. Um, I'm right. addicted to sugar yeah. and caffeine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Me too. That's about my two favorites. Yep. And uh, so, yes, probably everyone in my office is some definitely addicted to something. But it, uh, if we're talking about heavier addiction as far as like um, drug or alcohol addiction, um, I that that's actually an area that I actually don't call in mm. purposely. I grew up around addicts mm-hmm. and alcoholism, and I I have I have compassion fatigue when mm. it comes to addiction. Actually, I could totally see that. One, yeah, because it it change it takes on a, a a different form in that person. It, it kind of would yeah. you agree? Like it takes away. It takes. They have to choose, mm-hmm. and until they actually, they they can't get to the level, and I don't mean to speak high-low or anything like that. It's not a, it's just like on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's like, in order to do the level of work mm-hmm. where I go in my office with someone, of where they go, you have to have a level of support outside of my office mm-hmm. to um, hold you in that work. Because we're deeply unfolding the core of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that can be very vulnerable and unstable feeling at times. Mm-hmm. And so you need something very supportive on the outside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be supporting that process. And someone who's in usually in that place of addiction, one doesn't want to go there that's why they're addicted to something because they're absolutely avoiding going there absolutely Mm -hmm. so that's why they don't come into my office Mm because people come into my office sometimes people come somewhat accidentally but not accidentally Mm -hmm. and you know and some people come well they're not i get some seekers i get some people want to fix it and go away Mm -hmm. and i get People who, you know, their relative bought them a session and then they, and then they end up in this beautiful unfoldment process. And some people who come in my office and realize, holy moly, no, I don't want to go here. I'm not ready for this. And then Mm. they, they don't come back, which is fine. You know, I'm like, like, you know, if you're ready or not. Right. Like, I'm not here to, one of my principles is like nonviolence. Like, no, I'm all about like honoring people's armor. Like, cool, you don't want to go there? Your armor's up? Let's just explore your armor. Yeah. Like, let's just explore how that armor served you, and Mm -hmm. let's take a deep bow to your armor, and Mm -hmm. let's just check it out, how your armor works, and how how many times it saved you. Mm. Yeah, for sure, because we have to, you have to honor that. I heard this quote the other day that, um, like, with disappointment, um, it's like broken glass, you know, or the same thing like with, with learning these uh, survival mechanisms. It's like you have to recognize it before you can clean it up. Otherwise, it's going to cut you, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like honor it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time where it's like, okay, it's time to clean this up or mm-hmm. put it away where mm-hmm. it's supposed to go. Because you're mm-hmm. right. You don't need it. It served you well, you know. Yeah. And I find that a lot in, like with my childhood and like, yes, it served me well. Thank God that mm-hmm. I made it on the other yeah. side. However, I am a grown-ass mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And I get to choose how I get to interact with things around me in my life. Yeah. You know, no longer yeah. am I under uh, 
the influence of other people as much, you know? So, like, I totally see how that could make sense. Yeah. Um, What is your definition of success in life? Hmm. I think right now it's a lot of what we're speaking into. It's uh, authenticity. Mm-hmm. Actually, freedom. Mm. Actually, if I was to go all the way. Mm-hmm. And that's the intention I hold in the container in my office. So if you walk into my office, that's that's what is in there. So usually people's systems, even not consciously, will align to that. Like So, you know... We, we can move that in freedom of the body, freedom of a joint, mm-hmm. um, freedom in movement, and freedom in movement in the core, mm-hmm. and freedom of the emotions being able to move. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, for me, overall, in my office and out of my office, my mission, intention, and purpose on this planet is to become free and to, and to help others become free. And that's yeah. free of like self judgment, mm-hmm. um, free of self hatred, um, free to dance, right? Like no one's watching, free to sing, like no one's listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's why I love watching little kids. You know, yeah, they're so free. I mean, I love watching them on the playground. They're like so free in their bodies and like so free in their little worlds because they have no. Mm-hmm. you know, inhibitions and filters right. that we end up collecting mm-hmm. as we grow and become adults. And, uh, yeah. I connect with that a lot. Like, sometimes whenever I don't know how to think or what to think, I just ask myself, how would it feel if you were just free? You yeah. know, like, if you just were free without all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and I've also learned... When you free yourself, you free other people too, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the only way to get to that is that like, I'm the type of person, I'm like a clinger. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I hold on tight to things that I love because there's, there's fear behind that, that mm-hmm. if I let go, I would either lose them or they would choose, mm-hmm. they wouldn't choose me. And, but you still have to let go, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not fair to that person mm-hmm. for you to do that. And um, and, and then you realize like, it's all a mirror. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing that to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm holding on to myself. There's something within me that says like, if you let go, you know, um, I know the biggest thing whenever you progress consciously, or if you follow your passions, or if you take chances, put yourself out there that there's things in your life that will change. And I, you know, I had been told or heard that it's like you could lose relationships. And that always scared the shit out of me. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I want to follow my passion, mm-hmm. but I don't want to lose everything in my life. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, as I have progressed, piece by piece by piece, I have. Mm-hmm. Like you have to let go yeah. of it. And not because it's not meaningful, but because it's heavy, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and it's holding you down. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to like, be like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like you have to allow yourself to be free and then let other people be free and just love them for who they are, where they are Mm -hmm. and not having to put them in a little box of expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we really stop ourselves and them like we're not doing anybody any service whenever Mm -hmm. we're doing that. So yeah, like cutting, cutting the cord of yourself, but then freeing everybody else at the same time. Yeah. It's hard though. It is hard. Definitely. Um, 
So, uh, is there anything else that we didn't go over that you kind of, or like a message you might have for our listeners or mm. for the world at large or an idea that's bubbling up for you or anything coming through for you? Yeah, I guess, uh, just taking that next step, whatever that is, you know, and it doesn't mean we have to take giant steps. It doesn't mean we have to run. It's just titrating it. It's like, just take the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may be a dead end, and that's information too. Right. So then it means you go the other way. Mm-hmm. It's all information. It's all information. And I just, yeah, I guess the one thing I would really leave is be curious. You're not as scary as you think you are. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, and I have to say that I honor you, Nikki, for the work that you do. It takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there, and I think that, um, like I said, it's just so far-reaching. We have no idea. You've helped me personally, and I know that you've helped our community and all of your clients and everybody that you work with. I think that you're a beautiful, powerful woman. I look up to you a lot, and I'm really excited that you're like in my life more. You are actually mm. like, I wanted you to be my very first interview and you just have mm. <laughs> been popping into my life more. And I know like you are my sign that it's mm. like, like we're talking about being around more like high vibe people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've really been trying to bring that into my life and, and you have showed up for me in that way. So I appreciate oh, that. Thanks Michelle. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, until next time. Okay. All right. Much love. You too. Bye. taking the time to tune in to the noble cause podcast it is a great joy and honor to be able to connect with you if you feel this episode or if you can think of someone that can benefit from it share it with them you could also leave me a a review like the facebook page the noble cause or hit me up at the noble cause podcast at gmail.com i love connecting with new people sharing ideas and keeping the flow of conscious energy so that we may continue to be inspired interested and interesting i hope this transmission has served your highest good and until next time much love to my people
Thank you for taking the time to tune in to the Noble Cause podcast. It is a great joy and honor to be able to connect with you. If you feel this episode or if you can think of someone that can benefit from it, share it with them. You could also leave me a a review, like the Facebook page, The Noble Cause, or hit me up at thenoblecausepodcast at gmail.com. I love connecting with new people, sharing ideas, and keeping the flow of conscious energy so that we may continue to be inspired, interested, and interesting. I hope this transmission has served your highest good, and until next time, much love to my people. Thank you.